0: 954 589 2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident any personal injury slip and fall motorcycle car accident bike Jar and levine accident attorneys 800-747-3 that's 800-747-3733 title sponsors from day number one no before day number one of Zazlo show 2.0 my guys mark anajar glenn levine ellie anajar they believe in me Welcome Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Tuesday, the 13th of June. Good to have you aboard. We are a Blue Wire podcast presented as always by our title sponsor, Anna and Levine Accident Attorneys. If you've been involved in any kind of an accident, slip and fall, motorcycle, boating, automobile, the first call you make is 911. Then you call Anna and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. They'll treat you like family. That's exactly the care that you're looking for when you've been through a traumatic situation like dealing with a personal injury. I send you to the best, the title sponsor of Everything Zaslow Show 2.0. Anna Jarn-Levine, Accident Attorneys. 800-747-free. 800-747-3733. We start the show today not the way we were hoping to start the show. This is one of those days where... Yeah, I had, to, I had to really... I had to really, you know, kick, tell myself, all right, you need to get it together. You need to get this thing started. You get in front of the microphone. Maybe it'll be cathartic. Maybe it'll help you feel better. But this is one of those where you don't necessarily like i'm not jumping to get in front of the microphone today now once i turn on the microphone like now we're good to go like a minute and and i'm ready and i feel like it's going to be it's going to be a good experience to I, cuz I, I got a lot to say but i'm sad you know like i'm i'm sad after last night and not not angry none of that but i, I you know this is one of those days where it's not, hey, let's get in front of the microphone. We're super excited. Uh, I'm I'm ready to go and get all of Heat Nation and all of the Zaslow Show 2.0 listeners fired up. Like I'm sad. I it it was it was such an amazing run, and obviously you don't want it to end, <coughs> but you know, it was such an it was an experience. I hope I'm able to put it together into into the right. Use the right words in the right context. It, it was an experience that we've never had with this Heat team. Eight seed going all the way to the finals. The memories that this team gave us. The joy that this team gave us throughout this postseason. After, by the way, let's not forget. Such such an incredibly frustrating and disappointing Regular season, like that was so long ago. It was almost two months ago. That was so long ago, and the postseason has been so gratifying and so fulfilling that, and, and so joyous that we forget how how frustrating the regular season was. So, for this Heat team, tw- the twenty two twenty three version of the Miami Heat obviously you never see it coming with an eight seed but for this version of the Miami heat to be the one that gives us an all-time great and all-time memorable season there's a lot of be, a lot to be happy about and overall I think there's a lot of sadness today so I think it's you know a cathartic experience for me like I find like I'm it took me a while to get in front of the microphone today it's almost like, oh, I don't want to talk about it, you know? But hopefully I'm able to give you guys that same experience where you're listening and maybe it'll be a little bit cathartic and emotional and it'll help you guys get through this. Because sports are the best, man. Sports are the best where it makes us feel so good and then at the same time, it can make us feel so sad. I was so sad after the game last night. And I'm sad today. But my my overriding... Sentiment is. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy. This was a really interesting year for me. Because. We're talking about. My first year. My first year. Not being on the broadcast. After doing 13 straight years. And. That allowed me. To experience the games. I mean. High stakes. Playoff games. In a way that. I've never not only in a way that I haven't been able to experience it in a long time, but it's experience it in a way that I never have before. And that meaning I've been able to watch it and enjoy it with my boys. I've never been able to do that. And there were so many games where I mean not oh, but so many, but there, there was a handful of playoff games where, you know, the night ends with me hugging my boys. We're so happy and so excited. And relieved that they hung on to the game, you know. And I've never had that experience before. And that's one of those where it's almost like you want to be able to tell the players, you want to be able to tell the coach, thank you so much for – because, again, this was the first time I was ever able to experience this kind of sports fandom joy – with my with my sons, with both of them, it's the first time in my life I've been able to experience that. And for the first year that I'm able to do that, since it's my first year not on the broadcast, right away for me to be able to experience that. I, like I just want, like I want to thank them. I want to thank all the players and I want to thank the coaches. I'm so grateful for this run, and that's also why it's so sad that it it, it couldn't end in just. The greatest underdog sports story ever. So, that that part... Yeah, that part I'm super bummed about. But, I'm really thankful. And, and, you know... The fact that my first year not on the broadcast... That I get to experience this immediately with my kids. With my boys. Like, what if it took... Five years? Okay. Well, my older son... God willing, will will be away in college at that point. So I wouldn't have been able to experience it with both my boys. One of them would have been away. You know? So for me from a personal perspective, this was this was very special. And the same way that I will always look back at the 2020 finals very fondly. I have great memories and great feelings. ...about the 2020 bubble finals. I don't look back at losing in 2014 fondly. Not at all. I don't look back at losing in 2011 fondly. Not at all. But, I look back at 2020 fondly... ...and I will likely look back at this one fondly as well. Not because of... ...not, well... ...the finals this year gave us Game 2... An all-time great Miami Heat win. Denver's only loss in their final nine playoff games. So, we got to experience an all-time great Miami Heat finals win in Game 2. And... And just the guts that this team showed in Game 5. When... We all know they were overmatched. They were out of their league against this Denver team. And just the guts that they showed... And they were in the lead most of the game. Now, I understand that could make it harder to swallow because you feel like the game was there for the taking. And it was, but we didn't play well. It's all like you look back, we played a great game. That's why we almost had a chance. We did not play well. The Heat played well defensively, but Denver also. they Like, Denver killed themselves throughout this game. Denver really kept the door up open for Miami the entire game. They really did. And the Heat almost jumped right through that door. They almost did. But Denver's just better. This team though, and what you know, I'm going to give our thoughts here about how I feel. I'm going to continue with that. We'll go over the game. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the aftermath. I'm not I'll tell you what I'm not doing today. I'm not doing off-season stuff today. Uh, adding a superstar, Damian Lillard, who do you keep? Mac, Duncan Robinson, blah. I'm not doing any of that today. I'm sorry, we have so much time for that. Now, the cool part about getting to the finals is the off-season stuff is really close. The draft's in a couple weeks, free agency's in three weeks. Like, all of this is really close, so that's cool. I'm not doing any of that today. I'm sorry. I'm focused on last night. I'm focused on the series. I'm focused on what the Heat accomplished or didn't accomplish throughout the year. I am not doing offseason stuff. I'm sorry. Not today. We'll start doing that tomorrow for sure. There's a lot of juicy, interesting stuff there. Not doing it today. Not even close. So, just this team surprisingly gave us great memories, gave us all-time sports fan memories. And for me, like, that's what it's really about. That's what's—maybe I'm at a different place in my life now, where because I'm a little bit older, I've I've realized, or at least for me, that's what it's about with sports. That's what the experience is about. Ultimately, you want to win a championship, but it's about the moments— It's about being a part of these moments. That's why I remember I talked about a couple weeks ago, chasing that sports moment. And that's why I was urging people, you know, when it was game six against Boston at home, right? Go to game six. You're saving your money for the finals. That's wonderful. But tonight could be a moment. Go to game six of the finals. Be there. Now, it ended up being, I mean, a soul-crushing loss. But I've been telling you, at least at this point in my life, I'm ch- we're chasing those sports moments. And we're chasing those sports moments with our kids. And so, maybe as I've gotten older, my, my goal with sports has changed. And I've evolved where it's about chasing that sports moment. And while ultimately, the Heat fall short by three games of the ultimate goal we had several all-time great sports moments that we got to be a part of. Hell, if you were there for Game 4 against Milwaukee, 56 points, Jimmy Butler, that's an all-time great moment you've ever been at. And, and to me, like, that's what it's about. You want to win three more games and win the championship. But when your team is given you... Those all-time joyous, those all-time great moments, at this point in my life, that's what it's about. And this team gave us a bunch of those this postseason. So I, I I don't think I don't think any of us should lose sight of that. And I really feel bad for you because I saw I saw plenty of this on Twitter. Like I tweeted out last night after the game. I'm so super proud of of this team, the way that they fought, the guts that they showed, I'm also super sad for sure, and then, you know, I wrote, Denver, super deserving champion, which is true, Nikola Jokic super deserving champion, which is true, boy did he come off likable last night. A little bit dull, you know, when the microphone's in front of him, but... He, he came off very likable. How about Nikola Djokic? You noticed this, right? How about Nikola Djokic right after the game, before celebrating anything with his teammates? What did he do? He went and found every single player on the Miami Heat. He went and found all of those players and made sure that he shook their hands. Yeah. Every, and you saw the one like Haywood Highsmith, even Haywood Eismith. Now, there's nothing wrong with Haywood Highsmith, but Highsmith is walking away, and Jokic made sure to grab him. And Highsmith turns around, oh yeah, hey, you know, and they shake hands. He did, he went and congratulated for a great series every guy on the Heat before he went and celebrated with his teammates and with his family. It's pretty admirable. He He came off very, very well. He is, I mean, obviously, but he is the big winner in the NBA right now. You want to talk about, and I remember talking about this with Mark Estesher last week, who had the call all series long on ESPN Radio. Has there ever been a more unlikely best player in the league? And now it's a more unlikely finals MVP NBA champion than Nikola Jokic. The lowest drafted player, 41st overall, to win Finals MVP. Before it, I think maybe it was Tony Parker. Tony Parker won Finals MVP in 03, right? I believe. 05? 03? 05? I believe Tony Parker won Finals MVP. And he was drafted, like, in the 30s. I think he was a second-round pick. Maybe it was late first. But, Nikola Djokic came off so well last night. Very, very classy from it. But anyway, if we're t- I-, I saw some of this. I saw a lot of this, actually, on Twitter. I saw a lot of this tweeted at me in reaction to what I tweeted there. Like, I'm, you know, I'm proud of this team. Not ang- I'm not angry at all. Like, I hope you could tell in my voice, not angry at all. Definitely sad. I really feel bad for you. If your experience right now is putting blame, is pointing fingers, and being angry. And I saw a lot of that. I just feel like you're experiencing sports wrong if that's what you're doing today. We may never see this kind of run again. One that gave us so much joy along the way, one that gave us all time great moments and memories. Shit, I told you, I almost cried after Game 4 against Milwaukee. In the first round, Jimmy's performance, the unlikelihood of all of it, the crowd was phenomenal. I almost cried after Game Four's win against Milwaukee. And if you're lashing out now and pointing fingers, I think you're experiencing sports wrong. I do. And I, I don't want to sound condescending I don't wanna come off preachy. It is whatever it is. I just I don't agree with any of that. And maybe some of that has changed at this point in my life. But I just if you're if you're angry today and you're pointing fingers, I I think your spirits in sports wrong. I do. I'm super grateful for it. It's all about the moments that we're able to share with each other, family, friends, other fans. Ultimately we wanna win the championship. But they gave us so much joy these last couple months. Such an incredible postseason like no other. And we're going to remember this one forever. That's what it's about, man. And ultimately, hey, the Heat turned into a pumpkin. You know, the final few minutes against Chicago in the playing game, all the way up to the finals. And then we played this Denver team, who was far and away the best team we played. And we couldn't score anymore. Just like we couldn't score all throughout the regular season. We turned into a pumpkin. And by the way, I tweeted it out from Tom show earlier today. The Heat defended Denver not only far and away the best that any team defended Denver this postseason, but they defended Denver As if Denver's offense was league average throughout the season. The Heat defense was there, man. But we turned into a pumpkin. And what was a terrible offense in the regular season was just on fire in the postseason. And then resorted back to what it was for most of the year in the finals. Just, Just couldn't score in the finals. But I'm not angry at all. I'm sad. I'm really sad. Like I said, I unless unless we lost on like a terrible call, we lost at the last second at the buzzer in Game 7, I was never going to be angry with whatever the result was once we make it to the finals. Once you make it to the finals, it, for me, we're there. Let the better team win. We made it. We're going to be playing in the last game. There's no more games now. The Heat made it to the last game. Not angry. <laughs> and I'm sad because, yeah, I really thought we were going to win this series. Like, not going into last night, but at the beginning of the series. Certainly after game two. I really thought we were going to win this series. But they were better, period. And and you got to be realistic. It's not like... Last night wasn't game seven. They beat us 4-1. It's just, it's so hard to get to this point. That's what makes it tough to swallow. We were right there. We were three games away. It's so hard to get to this point. And it's so hard to win that obviously, and yeah, we did it three years later. Like, we got back. But that certainly does, like, I certainly don't feel like right now, all right, we're going to be back next year, back in two years, or back in three years. I don't feel that way at all, because I know how hard it is. And what also makes it really tough to swallow, we've now lost three straight finals. 2014, 2020, 2023. That's hard. That's hard to accept, man. It's so hard to get to this place. And now we've been there, and the last three times we've lost each of them. Lost three straight finals. And obviously, we haven't won a home game in any of those. Now, 2020, we couldn't. But lost both at home in 14, lost both at home in 23. It's tough. That's hard, man. I loved I love Jimmy Butler so much, by the way. I'm so grateful that he's on the team. I I really think all you guys... And Mark Jackson was talking about this throughout the game. Jimmy, come on, Jimmy. We need more from Jimmy. It It's like when Mark Jackson was tell, telling LeBron... In game one in 2014, nah, you got to say to your body, not now, body. It, like, Mark, there's clearly something wrong with Jimmy Butler. You could say it all you want. You could say it all game long. Need more from Jimmy Butler. Need more from Jimmy Butler. There's clearly something wrong with him. There's something wrong. Now, is he hurt? He's never going to tell you the ankle's bothering him. He told you after the game the ankle's bo- not bothering him. That it's not an excuse. It, it also appears, and I'm not going to get into it, but it also appears he's got something very serious personally going on. There's something not right. And Mark Jackson throughout the game, Jimmy Butler, you need more, need more from Jimmy Butler. Shut up already. There's something wrong with him. Like, how do you not see that? I'm so grateful for Jimmy Butler, man. And I feel bad that this is the way that he's going out. Because everyone's going to remember, he had 8 points, what, 2 for 12 going into the 4th quarter. And and the turnover late in the game. He had such an amazing year. And such an incredible playoff. And this is likely going to be a really tough offseason for him. Although, he seems to have a really good perspective on life. And what's important and what's not important. And he also says after the game last night, you know, we'll be back. I do believe we're going to win a championship. He he does have a really good perspective on life. So, maybe it won't be so hard for him to get through this offseason. Maybe it won't. But, I feel bad that this is the way his season ended. Hey, I want to take a moment here and tell you guys. I got to tell you guys, if you're out there looking for homeowner's insurance, see... I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because I get my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance. That's right, bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204, from Pensacola to the Keys and beyond. Brunt Insurance is delivering you comprehensive insurance coverage tailored exactly to your needs. You get them on the phone at 954-589-2204, and doesn't matter where you're calling from here in Florida. Fully licensed staff knows exactly whatever area you're calling from. They're going to know what kind of coverage you need. Not only does it depend on what kind of home you have, or if it's a condo, or if you're renting, single-story, townhome, whatever but the area you're calling from you need certain types of coverage and that's why you can't do this on your own bruntinsurance.com 9545892204 I'm not recommending anyone that I don't use myself. I've been with Brunt Insurance for about 10 years now, and I know I'm getting the most affordable care out there and all the comprehensive coverage that I need. That's why I send you for big savings to Brunt Insurance. Bruntinsurance.com, 954 589 2204. That's 954 589 2204. I also want to tell you guys hey, we'll get to the Panthers. By the way, okay, so here's what we got coming up today. We're going to continue on. Got a lot more on the Heat. But we're going to tonight. We got Panthers, man. And it's funny because I'm having a hard time right now. I'll be okay in a few hours. I'm having a hard time right now getting fired up about the Panthers tonight. Panthers have a great opportunity tonight. Tremendous opportunity to force Game 6 at home, which will be just an incredible atmosphere. Win one road game And you got a chance. You got a shot at the Stanley Cup. Great opportunity tonight. Now, as I'm saying, I'm starting to get a little fired up. But I'm having a hard time getting fired up right now because of the sadness from last night, you know. But we're going to talk to the voice of the NHL Finals, NHL on TNT. Kenny Albert is on the show today. That I mean, come on. One of the best in the business. So, Kenny Albert, he's out there in Vegas, obviously, getting ready for tonight's game. We're going to get Kenny Albert on the show here in a little bit. And we'll talk about Game 5 tonight. We'll talk about the Stanley Cup final with him. Uh, Stanley Cup's going to be in the building tonight. Hopefully, it has to get shipped back to Sunrise for another game in a few nights. So, we'll get Kenny Albert on the show in a few minutes. That'll be great. And, of course, I mean, you know my man Colin, founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. Huge Panther fan... You want to talk about catching those sports memories, those sports moments? My man Colin, courtesy of Sheets and Giggles, gave me and my son Jordan one of those all-time moments. Took us to Game 4. Even though the Panthers lost, we had such an amazing time. Support the sponsors that support the show. That's how we keep this thing going round and round. But Sheets and Giggles, when you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you're going to permanently become one of over a hundred thousand americans who are sleeping on sheets and giggles I, i got the comforter my my son jordan was ranting and raving to colin about how amazing his comforter is i got the eucalyptus pillow i got the pillowcases the sheets the fitted sheet all of, have you ever slept on a eucalyptus mattress? SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. You'll get 20% off checkout, your first order. We're talking environmentally friendly. Colin cares about the earth, but he also cares about us being healthy and getting the best sleep possible. Naturally softer, cooler, and more breathable. That's what we're talking about with Sheets and Giggles. SheetsGiggles.com. All right, so let's continue on here. Let's actually, I, I want to give you a, what I was experiencing throughout the game. And my initial thought was, okay, we got off to the nice start. We're up 5 nothing, Whatever. But I start, like we were up 5-2 and we're getting missed layups from Bam, missed uh, uh, layups from Jimmy. We're getting Jimmy missing two free throws. Gabe Vincent's throwing up nothing but bricks. Ten straight missed shots after the Heat were up 5 nothing, And it was like, This was the chance. And especially because Denver now started to get going. Dunk, fast break dunk, transition dunk. And it's like, holy shit. Are they, they, did they take the buzzsaw? Are they going to bring out the buzzsaw on us? And and you got Lowry who comes in immediately jacks up a three. But then you had a super strong response from Bam. Lowry is helping set up the offense. 14-2 heat run. Gutsy response after Denver had... It felt like mid-first quarter has the heat on their heels. Finally, in the second quarter, you get your first basket from Jimmy. And now he's attacking and he's getting to the free throw line. We still can't hit a three. But Jokic now gets the fouls. By the time he returns, the Heat are up by five. You'd like them to be up more, but uh, all right. We were down two, I think. He returns. We're up by five. Robinson, again, who, I mean, you want to talk about like the MVP of the series, obviously it was never for like a whole game or anything, but Duncan Robinson had several moments where his minutes were super impactful, and again, it happened last night, Robinson gave you five straight points there in the second quarter, three-pointer drive the basket, all of a sudden we're up double digits, which at the time I felt was enormous because now the Heat know they're in this game, no matter what. They're not going to be up double figures for long, but now the Heat know they're in this game. And Den- Denver was allowing us. Terrible from three. What were they, 1-17? Free throws, Canada free throw, turnovers. Denver was terrible. And so we're ahead by seven going into the third. And then it's like, for me, it, Jimmy looked cooked. Just the jumpers are line drives off the front of the rim. He doesn't necessarily look like he wants to shoot. I don't think he pump faked once last night. It's almost like the Boston series and Robert Williams spooked him with the pump fakes. And to me, he looked cooked. The legs, maybe the ankle. He looked tired. And so we go to the fourth, which... So today, and these are obviously where all the big moments came. So we got a Zaslow Show 2.0 poll today. Go at Zaslow Show. You can vote on today's poll question. And here's what we got right now.
1: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed
0: Zaslow show 2.0 poll, which will haunt you most about last night. We had four choices. Start of the fourth quarter. Cody Zeller. Zeller checks in, we're up by one. After like two minutes, we're down by four. It's like Spo tried to steal an extra minute there and give Bam some rest. We just had the timeout break, like you would think that'd be enough, but you would also think, how could it be such a disaster in just one minute with Cody Zeller in the game? And it wasn't just the points that he gave up. He had a, a, t- a point-blank tip that he couldn't get to go. Zaslow Show 2.0 pull. Which will haunt you the most about last night? <clears throat> Cody Zeller at the start of the fourth quarter is one of those choices. Then, you get Denver up four. Murray hits the three. They extend after, after a bunch of empty possessions now from Miami. Total wasted opportunity. Bam's missing shots in the paint. He only had two points in the second half after a phenomenal first half. Which, by the way, the whole, oh, Bam gave him nothing. Get the hell out of here. Bam's defense on Jokic last night, again, enormous. You lose sight of this sometimes. I lost sight of this last round in Game 7 against Boston. Even when Bam isn't giving you what he what he needs to give you offensively, he's still giving you so much on the defensive end, and that matters. It It matters. But Bam's missing in the paint when you got to play perfect down the stretch here in the finals, and Bam can't miss those shots, and Jimmy's missing jumpers, and you got to play perfect down the stretch here. And you can't miss those shots. And so now the Heat find themselves down by seven, right? And now you get Jimmy scoring 13 straight points. Finally, he has come alive. You get the back-to-back threes from Jimmy. You get the three-point foul, which was super controversial. I thought it was a foul. Obviously, I'm biased. Jimmy did not kick out his leg. That's totally within his range of motion. It's within the area that he's jumping. And Aaron Gordon was completely in his landing space. I have no problem with that call. And I felt that it was going to be upheld during the replay. Which, I mean, takes 10 minutes. What the hell are you looking at for 10 minutes? Anyway, he gets those three free throws. He had another jumper. He had two more free throws. 13 straight points. And the Heat take an 89-88 lead. And so then, you get another option on today's Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question, which will haunt you the most about last night. We already have Zeller at the start of the fourth. The next one, as we're up 89-88, we seemingly get another stop. Bruce Brown, offensive rebound, put back. That's another option. So we have Zeller at the start of the fourth and Brown offensive rebound and putback. Our third option. Now there's like, there's just over a minute remaining. We're down 90-89. Jimmy Drives finds Max Struess wide open in the short corner for three. Looks like it's online. No good. That's our third option for which haunts you the most about last night. Struess missing the corner three. The Heat wind up fouling there. Did you have Oh, well, actually, yeah, the Heat foul there. And so now it's 90-89. Denver goes to the free throw line. They make them both. 92-89 now. And then you get the Jimmy Lake turnover. Actually, I'm sorry. The Heat must have... You know what? Let me... Let me look it up just so I just so I I, I know that we're clear here. I want to make sure that we're getting it right for accuracy purposes here. Smith misses the three, 90 to 89. Alright, hang with me here. Yeah, there we go. Alright. So then you get another stop with 45 seconds left. And then you get the fourth and final option, which was with 24 seconds or 27 seconds remaining. Jimmy gets caught up in the paint, he's off balance, throws it away. Caldwell-Pope, easy steal, the Heat foul there. Now, you may be saying, should the Heat have fouled? Because they could have played it out. There would have been about three seconds remaining if they get a stop. And then they can go for two and for the win. I have no problem fouling there. Denver was awful from the free throw line all night. Why not try and take advantage of that there? It didn't work. I have no problem with that. So they make both free throws. They're called a Pope. It's 92-89. Then you get Jimmy with the missed three. Not a good shot. I really don't have a problem with him taking that shot. You could have went for two, but Jimmy was feeling good. He had 13 straight Miami points there in the fourth quarter. I don't have an issue with it, but those are our four options. And then, of course, they foul. Bruce Brown makes them both. We're done. 94-89. There you have it. Um, those are our four options. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll, which will haunt you most about last night. Zeller at the start of the fourth. Bruce Brown, offensive rebound and putback. Shrews missed corner three. Jimmy Lake turnover. It's tough. It's easy to say Zeller at the start of the fourth. That's not it for me. I, I really think the Bruce Brown offensive rebound and putback. I think that's the one for me. The Heat were... The Heat were up 89-88. And they got another stop. And they got a stop after that too when Jokic missed. Then the final four points were all from the free throw line were us intentionally fouling them. Like, the Heat weren't giving up any baskets the last several minutes of the game. So, for me, I vote Bruce Brown's offensive rebound and putback. That's the one that haunts me the most. Now, the leader right now at 49% is Jimmy with the late turnover. Then it's Zeller at the start of the fourth. Then Strews missed three. And fourth right now is Brown's offensive rebound and putback at just 7%. For me, that's what I I vote for. Because the Heat were getting all the stops, and they were ahead. And that basket was the go-ahead basket, and they kept the lead. The Heat didn't score again. That's the one to me. But it seems that I'm kind of on an island on my own on that one. Anyway. Nikola Jokic, Just impossible. Unbelievable. Such a deserving champion. He is the best player in the league. And the Embiid stuff, I mean, Joel Embiid should be embarrassed. He really should. When he looks over at that MVP award, he should be embarrassed. He does not deserve it. Nope. I'm sorry. He does not deserve it. Does not deserve it. And the Heat did not play well last night. The Nuggets were just so bad from three. They were so bad from the free throw line. The Heat showed so much guts. But they, they're just not as good as Denver. And I loved that game last night. That game is my drugs. Close, defensive game. Nasty, in the mud. That I love that game. That game is my drugs. That's my style. I'm fine with the Heat going out like that. They went out like dogs. That's how you go out. To the very end. Playing that game in the mud. But there's, are se- I mean, several guys are going to have nightmares for days. Max Struess is going to have nightmares about that miss in the corner. Jimmy was clearly not right. He's going to have nightmares about that turnover late. Spolster is going to have nightmares. He's going to second guess about playing Zeller at the start of the fourth. Up one to down four. He's going to... I don't know if he's going to have nightmares about not playing Tyler Hero. Tyler hasn't played in two months. He hasn't played in two months. And you're going to put him in... In the most high pressure of situations. In the finals against that team. With this kind of physicality. I I have no problem. Tyler Hero not playing last night. None. But Spo may be second guessing himself on that. So there, there's a few. There's a few things that are going to haunt you. If you're a player. If you're the coach. And certainly if you're a Heat fan. Now one thing. That shouldn't ever haunt you is when you're thinking about getting a new car. When you're thinking about getting a new car, that could be stressful. It can give you anxiety. I'm going to take all that out of the equation. If you're in the market for a new ride, you can't decide where to go. I'm sending you to the only car dealership. I personally endorse. You know we're talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. You walk in the showroom doors. You're greeted by a member of their sales staff who's going to help you navigate exactly what you're looking for. Uh, You want to take a look at one of the newest Subarus. They got all the new models on the market. The widest inventory, including the Outback, the Subaru Crosscheck, the Forester, the Ascent. Whether you're looking for a spacious Subaru SUV for the entire family. Or just a reliable Subaru sedan for your daily commute. Maybe just something for fun. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru has the perfect model for you. And look, take the summer off with North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. No payments for 90 days when you purchase any North Fort Lauderdale vehicle. Any North Fort Lauderdale Subaru vehicle in stock, in stock. Just search. You can shop online. NFLSubaru.com North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road, the building you know and the place to go. NFLsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. So, like I said, I'm not doing the off-season stuff today. I know we're all excited to think about that. That's not what today's about. We'll get to that stuff tomorrow. I do want to add a couple of things here. For one, I'll say it again. That ESPN studio crew for NBA Countdown sucks. There's no other way to do it. There's no other way to say it. Sucks. Literally, like, you turn it on at halftime. First of all, their halftime show is two and a half minutes. The rest is commercials. It sucks. Two and a half minutes. That's what it is. But when you are getting the analysis in those two and a half minutes, here, like, this is literally what you get from them. And especially Stephen A. Smith, who stinks in this role. But I get it. He's Stephen A. Smith. He's the best out there. He's the face of ESPN. So put him on the coverage. He draws eyeballs. I get it. But he stinks at this role. He's great with opinions. Analysis is what you're looking for if you're an NBA fan in this spot. And he sucks at that. Because literally what you get is, the team that's winning is playing good. The team that's losing, they're playing bad. They need to play better. That's literally what you get. Or you look at the guys who haven't scored a lot. He needs to score more. He needs to score more. It's, it's such bad analysis. The team that's winning at halftime, they need to keep doing good. The team that's losing at halftime, they need to play better. That's what you get from that studio show. I would rather the, NH, uh, the, 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 the TNT studio show, and I'm not talking about the NBA on TNT. I'm talking about, I'd rather the NHL. On TNT Studio Show. At halftime of the NBA Finals. I'd rather Liam McHugh. And Paul Bissonette. And Wayne Gretzky. And Anson Carter. And Henrik Lundqvist. I'd rather hear from those guys. At halftime. Of the NBA Finals. Than the NBA Countdown Studio. Who, boy they suck. That's a lousy. Lousy show. And, and I also want to add one other like. Weird thing about last night. And it's not just about last night. This is all of our North American sports. Except for hockey, by the way. The Nuggets win last night. They're all up on the podium. Adam Silver gives a quick little speech. Excellent job by the crowd throwing out the boo birds there. Salt is commissioner in sports. Lisa Salters, Adam Silver. They announced the Denver Nuggets as the world champions. And what do you do? They pass the trophy to Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Denver Nuggets. It's so weird. Why does the owner ahead of the coach, ahead of the players, why does the owner hold the trophy first and then talk first? No one, not even Nuggets fans, like, When the Heat win the NBA championship, am I saying, oh, hurry up. I can't wait to hear from Mickey Arison first. And I love Mickey Arison. I can't wait to hear from him first. No one wants to hear the billionaire owner talk first. Why does he get to hold the trophy first? And that's how it is in Major League Baseball. And that's how it is in the NFL, too. Hockey, nope. Not like that at all. Nope. In hockey, the captain gets it. And all the players get it. The owner is nowhere to be found. Which is exactly how it should be. There's not a single person that can't wait to hear from the billionaire owner. And he's got to hold the trophy first and speak first. Why do we do that? It's so stupid. It really is lame. And then, Stan Kroenke, he's talking in Lisa Salter's ear. Stan! You do realize it's not a private conversation between you and Lisa Salters. There are cameras, there are fans, there are microphones. It's not just the two of you. Why are you talking in her ear? The microphone is not in her ear. She's actually holding it. It was really weird, that whole scene. Completely ridiculous. All right, I want to get to Kenny Albert. We, We... we got to get to the Panthers here. We're gonna do Heat all week. Uh, I think I really summed up last night nicely. I'm I'm so grateful for what this team has given us this year. It's my general thought today. I'm sad, but overall, I'm gonna remember this postseason, not the regular season. Regular season was a struggle, but this postseason I'm gonna have super fond memories of. Oh my god, it it will be brutal. It will be brutal if the Panthers lose tonight where we get back-to-back nights of our championship series ending. That'll be tough. Come on, Panthers. Hey, let me tell you guys about water cleanup of Florida. You want something that'll make you sad. If you got a water leak in your home and you don't do anything about it, you're going to have a major problem. That's why I send you to personal friends of mine, family friends, the Greensteins, Water Cleanup of Florida, immediate assistance when you call or text 954-900-8635. That's right. Water Cleanup of Florida, over 60 years of combined experience. Their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida, they're then going to clean, dry, and fully restore any of the damaged areas. Fully licensed, insured, Water Cleanup of Florida, certified to provide the one-stop shopping that all of us are looking for. No need to bring in other contractors. Water Cleanup of Florida is handling the entire project from start to finish Wherever you're listening right now, serving the entire Tri-County area. Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties. You can follow them on social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hey, check out more than 80 five-star reviews on Google. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Water Cleanup of Florida, we clean up your schmutz. All right, so the Panthers facing elimination tonight, 3-0. 3-0 so far this postseason, the Panthers are in facing elimination, looking to get back to sunrise for what would be a game six. And joining us here, really happy to be joined. It's been a while, Kenny Alpert, NHL on TNT, voice of the Stanley Cup Finals. Thanks for joining us here, Kenny. And, you know, the first thing I want to say is I love TNT's coverage of the National Hockey League. I mean, I, I feel like from obviously the game broadcast, I mean, you and Eddie, and but the, but the studio show, you know, Gretzky and Bissonette and Anson Carter and Lundqvist and Liam McHugh. Th- this is a tremendous first year for the NHL on TNT, right?
2: Well, I appreciate it, Jonathan. Uh, the executives at TNT put together a, a tremendous crew, uh, both the game uh, broadcasters on the two crews that we have. And I'm obviously biased, but uh the pregame show has been unbelievable with with. The folks you mentioned, led by Liam McHugh, Anson Carter, Paul Bissonnette, obviously the great one, Wayne Gretzky, and then last year it was Rick Tockett. He took over as coach in Vancouver this year, replaced by Henrik Lundqvist. And the synergy uh, between us, the game crew, and the pregame crew, they've been out on the road during the Stanley Cup final, both in Vegas and Fort Lauderdale. We spent a lot of time together, and even off the air, just sitting around listening to the stories from Uh, whether it's Wayne Gretzky or Biz or Henrik Lundqvist, Anson Carter, you just learn so much by being around those guys. And then Charles Barkley joined them on the pregame show prior to game four. And he's such a big hockey fan. So I think it's brought a lot of uh, focus to the NHL. Uh, TMT arguably has the best sports studio show of all time with inside the NBA. I put it right up there with the NFL on Fox pregame show over the last 29 years. And they do baseball, Uh, as well do a great job with with mlb in the regular season and postseason but i think they've raised the bar with hockey with uh the studio show and and the fact that they're on the road with us during the final makes it even better
0: it's amazing you know it's it's impossible to and and we see it with other networks who have tried it's impossible to replicate what tnt has done with inside the nba i mean it's an all-time great studio show i think it's the greatest ever and Obviously, we're very early on here with the NHL on TNT studio show, but it feels like they're doing it here with the NHL as well, where their
2: studio show, it's so good right off the bat. And with the NBA show with Charles and Shaq, you know, those guys are megastars. They can walk down the street anywhere and everybody coming the other way would know who they are. And Ernie Johnson and Kenny Smith do a great job as well. Uh, but by, by bringing in Wayne Gretzky the first year, last year, that just... Uh, I think uh, Turner basically said to the to the hockey world and the sports world, uh, we want the best, no matter what the sport is. And um, he doesn't work every week during the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's been there throughout the conference final and the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, the number of eyeballs uh, watching the Stanley Cup final is obviously bigger than what it is during the regular season. And uh, those guys have just raised the bar. They, they really have. And we're excited to be back here in Vegas for game five. I know the Panthers and their fans certainly hoping that the series shifts back to uh, sunrise for a game six. So we'll see what happens uh, tonight here in Vegas. And we've seen the Panthers do it before coming back from three, one in that first round series against Boston.
0: You know, and and real, real quick on, on Gretzky, I want to mention he's gotten so much better from last year to this year, which is so impressive to me because look, he's the greatest hockey player ever. And I, I like, I, The fact that he's certainly willing to get better at this craft, he doesn't have to be a broadcaster. He's Wayne Gretzky. Like Michael Jordan is not going to go on a broadcast and be a full-time broadcaster and work on that craft. I mean, it's pretty impressive that Gretzky's doing this.
2: It really is. And it's like those old EF Hutton commercials. You and I are probably around the same age. When EF Hutton talks, people listen. When Wayne Gretzky talks, you just shut up and listen to the stories, to whatever he has to say on the pregame show, on the postgame show, during the intermissions. He's the greatest player of all time. And and he really seems to enjoy being on the road during the final. And last year it was during the conference final with us in Denver and Edmonton and just uh spreading uh his gospel on the sport of hockey and his his recall, his knowledge is is nearly perfect. And I can listen to the stories all day long. And I've heard many of them a number of of times and it never gets old there's no
0: one else like that right in other sports we could do Michael Jordan LeBron James in in football we could do Tom Brady uh Peyton Manning Aaron Rodgers baseball pick any number of guys like for hockey Gretzky is undisputed greatest ever right
2: you know when you talk to people in the hockey world they'll throw out the names Gordie Howe and Bobby Orr and Mario Lemieux obviously um when you ask Wayne those are the guys he talks about um you know he puts Gordie Howe and, and Bobby Orr above him on his personal list but of course he's being very modest um you know you look at the numbers aside from the four Stanley Cups and all the awards that he won um you know more assists than anybody else had points for example the 92 goal season the numbers just astounding and we grew up watching you know i grew up from afar watching the edmonton oilers and You talk to the other players on those teams, you know, whether it's Paul Coffey or Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson. um, You know, it it was just incredible to watch them play and astounding when you look back at at their numbers and his numbers in particular.
0: So 3-1 series deficit for the Panthers here. You know, I, I talk about it on my show and especially because down here in South Florida, you got a lot of new Panther fans. We put together a run, the kind of run that captures a fan base, which it really seems that, that we've done down here. But I try and explain 3-1 deficit. And granted, we've seen the Panthers do it already this year against Boston. But a 3-1 deficit in hockey, it's different from a 3-1 deficit, say, in the NBA. It Teams can come back 3 You really got to go. A game at a time. When it's so low scoring, a bounce here, a penalty there, the goalie can just be on fire for 60 minutes. You really just got to look at it one game at a time, right?
2: Absolutely. Not only that, you know, one shift at a time, one period at a time, one game at a time. And in hockey, goaltender gets hot, Pabrowski throws up a shutout. Uh, They head back to Florida for game six. Special teams are a key, as you know. It's been 6 nothing Vegas on the power play. Panthers don't have a power play goal. They did a much better job of staying out of the penalty box in game four, giving Vegas only the one power play. Um, I'm sure the way the Panthers are looking at it, they might not say it publicly, but if you win this game in Vegas, then you go back home to a raucous home crowd. You've had great success on home ice this year in the playoffs. Then if you win that game, most of the pressure's on Vegas in game seven. Coming back home, they will have had two shots to win. It, one on home ice. So I think if that's the case, the pressure definitely shifts to the Golden Knights in Game 7. Right now, the Panthers have to put it all out there, um, kind of playing with house money after almost not making the playoffs. They just squeaked in during the last week, down 3-1 to Boston. And not only down 3-1, Marshan has the breakaway at the end of Game 5, stopped by Bobrovsky. They win overtime games in 5 and 7, both on the road, against the team that had the best regular season record of all time. Then they beat the Maple Leafs in five, who had high hopes. They sweep Carolina. And here they are on the Stanley Cup final. So it's been an incredible, you know, Cinderella-type run. And again, I know they're only focusing on this next game one shift, one period at a time.
0: Do you look at this Panther team and say this is a team that, you know, no matter what happens tonight, next few nights maybe, hopefully, that this is a team that that's going to be around for a few years?
2: Well, when you look back at it, after the series ends, whenever and however it ends, uh, to to win the president's trophy one year and get to the Stanley cup final the next year is, is very impressive. I'm not sure everybody around the league and the media, uh, you know, gave the credit to the Panthers, you know, that they deserved last year because they only won the first round series, which they hadn't done in a quarter of a century, but get swept by Tampa in the second round. Then they come back this year, new coach and it's a struggle during the regular season. They were in a playoff spot for less than, of the regular season. But uh, again, you have to give high marks to Bill Zito uh, for pulling the trigger on the Kachuk deal. And some of the other moves he made Paul Maurice has done an outstanding job. He's among the top six in history and games coached and wins during the regular season. He's in the cup final for the second time in his career. And then when you look at the players and what they've been able to do, led by Matthew Kachuk and Barkov and Ekblad and Bobrovsky right on down the line. So uh, it's been a remarkable story and we'll see if they have more than one game left in them.
0: What do you make of Kachuk moving forward? Because this fan base, we've never had a guy like this. And and when we traded form early in the year, I was like, the Panther fan is going to love this guy. We've never had this guy who's gritty and physical and, and he plays with an attitude and he has fun when he's playing and he's great in front of the microphone he's an excellent talker and Kenny he's American it's like going forward it feels like he could be one of the faces
2: of the NHL absolutely I think he has become that during these playoffs the trade was shocking to all of us when it happened Jonathan Huberto 100 point score Matthew Kachuk 100 point score obviously there were contract issues involved on both sides Calgary did not want to lose Kachuk uh, for nothing after this season had he stayed as an unrestricted free agent Huberdeau's contract as well was uh, a factor and it only happened once wayne gretzky for jimmy carson and there were others involved but that was the only other time 100 point scorers were traded for each other in the same deal but you look at his age 25 the type of player he is and his brothers pretty similar yeah. up in ottawa they're, they're a, there are thirty other teams in the league that would uh, give their left arm to have a Matthew or a Brady Kachuk on their team. Every team would love to have them. Do you
0: do you ever like in the middle
2: of these games? Do you ever just consider? Do you ever think to yourself, I
0: I, I can't believe how tough these guys are. It's so physical. I mean, you know, guy takes a puck. To, it was it was earlier in the postseason. I forget who it was for us. Took a puck in the face. He was back out five minutes later. I mean, an NBA player gets hit in the face. He's out for the year, you know? Like, do you ever think about, during the game, these guys, I mean, they're just the toughest guys in the world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There was a player on Winnipeg, Morgan Barron, earlier in the playoffs, 75 stitches in his mouth and around his mouth. Came back, played in the game. You see Jack Eichel, you know, take that hard hit uh, in one of the games in Vegas, misses only four minutes. He takes a puck to the side of the face in game four. Gachuk. You know, we had shots of him, looks like some kind of an arm or shoulder issue and uh, misses the 10 minutes in game four and then comes back and almost ties the game. Uh, we we actually rode back, myself, Eddie Olchek, Keith Jones, Darren Pang, with Charles Barkley to our hotel after games three and four in Fort Lauderdale. And he was marveling. Uh, he's such a big hockey fan. And he yeah. said the same thing that you just said. Um, he said, these hockey players, all they want to do is win the Stanley Cup and they'll, they'll put their bodies on the line and they'll do anything uh, to try and win that trophy.
0: Like every single one of these guys, no one's missing time. Every single one of these guys is dealing with some kind of injury, right? Right.
2: There are legendary stories about players playing with broken legs, broken bones in their leg. Gregory Campbell, who was a Panther for a long yeah. time when he was in Boston, uh, played with with the, with a broken leg for a couple of shifts back in the in the playoffs. And uh, Bill Barilko was a player back in the '50s who uh, played in the Stanley Cup final with a broken leg. So we've seen examples of it through the years and. Uh, You just have to, as Eddie Olchek would say, tip your hockey helmet to these guys who battle for over 100 games this year. Both the Panthers and Golden Knights have played over 100 games. And I'm sure after the series ends, we always hear about uh, the four surgeries and six other injuries that guys have to uh, undergo or injuries that they've played through uh, just to get to where uh, they want to be. And that's lifting the Stanley Cup at the end of the season.
0: Now, the Stanley Cup is in the building tonight. Uh, we're hoping that it has to make a trip to Sunrise afterward, but it's in the building tonight. Does it still, I mean, it must. It, it, it still get you the way that it gets me where the Panthers don't have to be playing in the Stanley Cup final, but I'm watching the Stanley Cup final, whatever year it is, and I have to watch the whole ceremony. There, there's yeah. something about it when they bring that Stanley Cup onto the ice and then they give it to the captain and hand it around. There, it, it, there's something about that Stanley Cup.
2: I definitely get emotional every time I see it, whether I'm in the building or watching on TV, even if it's a team that I have uh, no ties to. Um, To me, it's the greatest trophy in sports. It's the greatest celebration. It doesn't go to an owner or the GM or the coach. It goes right to the captain. And then they pass it along to the other players. And then they take that group photo on the ice and they continue to celebrate and their families come down on the ice. Uh, To me, there's nothing like it in sports and Uh, I definitely get choked up every time I've I've been lucky enough to be in the building. I think this will be the 12th time. It's the 10th final I'm working either on radio or television. I've been there for a couple of others, so it never gets old. Isn't that great? Every other sport,
0: the trophy is first presented to the owner and the Stanley cup, always the players first.
2: Yeah. The New York times did a story on that the other day. Um, it, It usually goes to the owner first or, or team management, but Hockey has so many great traditions, and and this is right at the top of the list. Isn't it amazing?
0: Like, after the series, and and hopefully not tonight, you you get the handshakes. These guys, like, they, and this has been a very, the first three games, especially, then of course, the very end of game four. For two teams that only see each other twice a year, it's been a lot of animosity this series. And when the series ends, they're going to shake hands, and they just, they're able to turn it off and put all the animosity aside.
2: Yeah, they do. They do. And that's one of the great things about hockey as well. We've seen it through the years. There have been isolated occasions where maybe somebody doesn't shake hands with uh, someone on the other side. We saw the kind of quick handshake between Petrangelo and Dreisidel after the Vegas-Edmonton series. But a prime example is Kachuk and Petrangelo. They've been going at it all series long at the end of game four. Uh, you know, they, Matthew Kachuk basically grew up skating with, with Petrangelo in St. Louis. Uh, Petrangelo was a long time blue captain of the blues, Matthew Kachuk, his father played there and spent most of his childhood there. So they know each other very well. Um, they've been battling as hard as they can, but once the series ends, whenever that may be, uh, I'm sure we'll see them shake hands and act like they're the best of friends.
0: And finally here, Kenny, what have you made of the crowd at FLA live arena games three and four, you know, the Panther fan gets a bad rap. Uh, part of it has been it's, it's been a miserable franchise for most of its existence but these last three years first time in panther history they're in the postseason three consecutive years i i really think they're building something great here with the fan base
2: i think they have a great fan base uh, i actually walked around the concourse i had to go do an interview prior to game four and ran into so many panther fans and they were so excited and the building's been loud uh almost as loud as vegas vegas i think is the loudest in the league but I uh, can't say enough about the Panther fans and and the, the entire fan base and how they've uh, uh, supported their team during this entire postseason run.
0: Great job, Kenny! Really good catching up with you. Have fun tonight, I and I, and I hope that you're going to have to come down to South Florida for another game.
2: Well, if if I do, uh, we'll look forward to it. You know, from a TV standpoint, we always root for a Game Seven, right? Yeah. Um, there's nothing like playing in, coaching in, watching or calling a Game Seven, so I certainly wouldn't argue against that, but. I also have no control on what goes on on the ice, so we'll see what happens. But uh, great to chat with you, Jonathan. Enjoy the game tonight.
0: Thank you, Kenny. Excellent job by Kenny Albert. I'm I'm, start, I'm starting to get fired up now. I, I got I got to wash the sadness from last night off. I mean, it's it's gonna be difficult. I'm I'm gonna be sad all day. I really am. But uh, the, the Panthers really got a great opportunity tonight. God, just one road win. Win one road game this series. Now, they have to win two to win the series, but win one road game tonight and put yourself in a situation where you could accomplish something special. That's what we're talking about. All right. Thanks, Kenny Albert, for joining us, of course. Hey, everybody knows all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. You know we're talking about Johnny Cuba. Hey, Maybe a crack open a Johnny this afternoon. Maybe that'll help me feel a little bit better about the heat loss last night. You can't be sad when you got yourself a Johnny Cuba in your hand. Go pick up a fresh six pack at your local Sedano's Presidente Win Dixie. Fresco Imaz Carries Johnny Cuba. Always drink responsibly. That's why I love enjoying a Johnny. Right in the comfort of my own home, either on the Zaslo Mansion family room couch or on the patio, my backyard on the deck by the pool. That's the go-to spot to enjoy a Johnny Cuba. Official beer of Zazlo Show 2.0. And, of course, Johnny Cuba's mantra. Don't forget, stay to Don Quilo. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. If you're dealing with water bolt or fire damage in your home or your business, that could be a big deal. Maybe it's not a big deal. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you. 954-900-8635 or go to wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida will tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. All right, so let's. it's an NBA Finals version of big deal or not a big deal. We got a lot of sound to get to here. Let's start out. Let's start out. This is before the game. So Jared Greenberg, NBA on TNT, we like him a lot. He sat down with Jimmy Butler, and here he brings up how Dwayne Wade is about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and here's how the conversation with Jimmy.
3: Your good friend Dwayne Wade is going into the Hall of Fame in a couple months. Have you allowed yourself to think what it would ever mean to you to be elected into the basketball Hall of Fame? Yes, I have. And what do you think? Don't care. You don't care whether you're a Hall of Famer? No, I don't. Do you think your resume? Still don't
1: care. Honestly speaking, could care less. If we're being brutally honest, uh, if I was selected to the Hall of Fame, I'm not going.
3: You're not going to accept it?
1: No, no, no! I'm not going. Like I, it's like the festivities and all of that. I just want to like, I just want to like go put my feet in the sand somewhere. That's it. You wouldn't accept that honor, the greatest honor in basketball? Uh, it's an individual thing, you know. I'm not for the individual type stuff. I'm really not. Uh, I'm like a team guy.
3: But even after it's all said and done, and you
1: no, them- I don't want to go. I don't. I'm not worried about the Hall of Fame. So I promise you. It's an honor, it is, but I could kill us. Interesting. I mean that too, by the way.
0: You know what? I'm going not a big deal. Jimmy's a different kind of guy. He really is. And, and by the way, credit to Jared Greenberg. Follow-up after follow-up after follow-up. He was clearly super surprised by the answer and didn't just continue on with canned interview questions. That was an excellent job pressing him there. By Jared Greenberg. I love Jimmy so much, man, but that's not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So, the Denver Nuggets had what was the longest drought since their existence until winning a championship. 47 years of existence before they win their first title last night. Here's Jason Kuzmicki on the Denver Nuggets radio network.
3: Denver looking to win the NBA championship. And here we go, Lowry looks in, inbound, over to Strews, Lowry three, that one misses, rebound down to KCP. eight seconds left to go, Casey's across the timeline, and he'll dribble it out, the 47 year wait is over, the Denver Nuggets stand on top of the NBA world, they are champions, And Nuggets fans from sea to shining sea can rest or die in peace. Oh my God. I can't believe they did it. Pause for two seconds, take your headsets off, and just listen to this crowd, Roger. Wow. That's
0: a big deal, obviously. It's a good call. You can hear how much. It means to those guys, Jason Kosmicki, and former original inaugural member of the Miami Heat, Scott Hastings there, long-time Denver Nuggets uh, analyst, long-time Denver sports radio host. All right, big deal or not a big deal? On the podium, this was cool. So Lisa Salters, you got to talk to Stan Kroenke first, which is ridiculous. And then you get Nikola Jokic, of course, Michael Porter Jr., which I have no idea why they were talking to Michael Porter Jr., He stunk for this series, and in his best game of the series last night, he still got benched with a minute and a half left. He is I'm sorry, Michael Porter Jr. is not a winning player. Not a winning player. But anyway, then they go to Jamal Murray, who missed all all of last year, missed the last two postseasons, and of course there's the story where after he got hurt again, and he's crying, and he says to Michael Malone, are you going to trade me because I'm damaged goods? And Michael Malone says, no, you're our guy. And you look at him now. It's a really cool story. And he got very emotional. He couldn't even talk right away last night.
1: You were barely able to walk, but you vowed to come back. You vowed to come back even better than you were before. Can you describe to me what this this championship journey has been like? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a big deal. You like that kind of stuff, uh, and good for him. I'm telling you this, Nuggets team, there's no one that bothers me on that team. Really isn't. Finally. All right. Big deal or not a big deal? got one more for you here. So this is from a couple days ago. Dan Levitard does the South Beach Sessions on Meadowlark Media. And his guest a couple days ago was the voice of the NBA, Mike Breen, who, of course, is excellent, just called his... Was it his 100th NBA Finals game? It wasn't 1,000, right? Couldn't have been 1,000. I think it was 100th NBA Finals game last night. Yeah. Pretty, you know, pretty ironic how it also ends the series. That's kind of cool. But anyway, here's Mike Breen telling an emotional story about how much Pat Riley did for him when he was young and Riley was the coach of the Knicks. And I didn't even know this where recently Mike Breen's home was destroyed in a fire. So... Listen to this story that he tells Leptard.
3: When you see the person again now, it, it makes, like, you, you see this person and you think, wow, um, back then, how they helped me, how they cha- helped change my life. Uh, that's when I get the most emotional, when you get a chance to see. Um, for example, uh, Pat Riley, when I was a Nick radio announcer, I used to do this <clears throat> pre-game uh, recording with him. And you'd go into his office, and he had dark lights, and you'd go in and ask a few questions, and then you'd leave. There was no social banter. But I learned so much from those interviews and saw his intensity, etc. So after the first year, he gets, um, I get, I, I didn't think he knew my name. But a week after the first year, I get a handwritten letter from Pat Riley thanking me for the professional job I did that year. And I thought that was just the greatest thing. Then he has his four years of great success in New York and leaves to come to Miami. And after the announcement, I got another letter from him, thanking me for four years of being part of a great journey. It The letter meant so much to me that at a time when he was going through all this, he took the time to handwrite a letter to me. So I lost those letters in the fire. But my wife... And she didn't tell me right away. There were certain things when the people go in to try and salvage stuff, they found a few things. One of them was that letter. She had it sent to be restored and cleaned and stuff, and she just sent it to me the other day. And I get the letter and I look at it, and I I just got so emotional because of that letter. And I brought it to Pat before game one of the finals, and I showed it to him. And uh, he got emotional as well. And it, that's, that's when those things come up. And, and when you see the person who made a difference because that letter gave me confidence that Pat Riley thought I was I was good at my job when you're an, an NBA play-by-play guy and Pat Riley thinks you're good um, it, it gives a young man confidence and that's what came through and that's why I got so that's emotional. a great
0: story and so cool that he got the letter back amazing, uh, that's a big deal I, I enjoyed hearing that Mike Breen's excellent and uh, yeah, that's good and Pat Riley, that's, that's really cool alright Anyway, that's a big deal, and of course, big deal or not a big deal it's always brought to us by Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. If you got water, mold, or fire damage in your home or business, let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. All right, we're in it again. I'm not going to tell you to shake off last night. You, there's no shaking it off. I, I'm sad. You're sad. Don't be angry. I'm telling you, like, you're, you're not... You're not experiencing sports the right way if you're angry with the heat right now. Don't do it but can we get a panther win tonight start the show tomorrow with the Panthers having a chance to accomplish something monumental come on thanks to everybody who listened to the show today. I hope it you know, I hope it helps all of us. we're doing it together getting through the heat losing last night make sure you like your rate you comment you do all that good stuff thanks everyone for their hard work behind the scenes helping to put the show together we'll talk to you on Zaslow show 2.0 tomorrow know what that means ah the show is over what better time now than to go out back with a six pack of Johnny Cuba that's right that's what I look forward to after every show and now my day's work is done of Johnny Cuba make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well we got the hot sauce coming up Johnny Cuba stay tranquilo because more is always brewing